Hey love, Ashley Han here, online branding and marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author, and coach, and welcome to a brand new special exclusive series of my show called Female on Fire, where I am taking you behind the scenes for the next 11 weeks with 11 incredible, powerful, successful, sexy, radiant females on fire. From spine-tingling pain-to-power stories, raw and real girl talk, to actionable tools, frameworks, and strategies that you can use in your own life, it is my intention that as you listen to each of these episodes, you will feel a spark light up inside of you and walk away feeling on fire. And just like the women in these episodes, it is time to radiate your unique beautiful and powerful flame out into this world. Let's dive in. When it comes to women I aspire and look up to, you better believe Elena Cardone is near the tippy top of that list. I have so much respect for this woman and she truly is an example of what it means to be a female on fire. This woman is definitely on fire, which is why I had to have her come back on the show for a second time just for this series, of course. And if you don't know who Elena Cardone is, first off, that just blows my mind. But just so you know, she is an empire builder, a businesswoman, an event producer, mentor, public speaker, teacher, visionary. She is a best-selling author of the book, Build an Empire, How to Have It All. And of course, she is the wife to the incredible Grant Cardone. She is a mother to her two daughters, Sabrina and Scarlett. Her and her husband are such a beautiful example of what it means to be a power couple. And I am just so excited for you to learn from her in this episode today. She goes over some very important, critical things. Any ladies listening, take notes. And especially if you ever have trouble receiving or relying on others, this is going to be a powerful episode for you. And it's going to be a powerful episode for everyone that's listening right now. I am sure of that. So as always, if anything lands for you, if you like what you hear, please screenshot, share it on social media, tag Elena and I. We love to repost your stuff. We want to know what's landing for you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Elena Cardone, back on the show again. I am so, so excited to have you as part of this special series, Female on Fire. And before we dive in, I just want to take a moment. I do this um, at the beginning of every episode. And I want to just share with you why I chose you and see you as a female on fire. (laughs) So first and foremost, we know you're a boss, all right? You're a boss woman. You're an empire builder. You're also a loving mother of two beautiful girls. And by the way, side note, I saw freaking, it was uh, Sabrina speaking on stage at the 10X event. Like what? Oh my gosh. So beautiful. And it just, um, it speaks so much to the way that you and Grant have raised them. That's just, it was so powerful to see. I got chills all over my body. I had tears in my eyes and I'm sure you did too, as you're watching her. Um, and of course you have an incredible power partner, your King Grant, um, by your side. And you guys really are the ultimate power couple. I know I look to you guys so much. So many couples um, see you as such an example of what it means to be a power couple. And while you are this independent boss woman, 
what I love is you actually said something in the last interview that I really want to unpack because we didn't really get to unpack it because we talked about so many things, but something you said was really, really key. You said, A, your mom taught you never to depend on a man. Okay. That you, that she, that's what she taught you growing up, but that you actually found your true power and strength as a woman by depending on a man. Could you speak into that for the listeners, for the ladies that are listening right now and what that really means? Yeah. You know, I found my true strength and power um, as a woman through a man. And, you know, certainly you can't really give anything to anyone. They have to explore it and figure it out themselves and arrive at a place. Um, But certainly the challenges and that he's presented to me, whether good, bad, challenging, not challenging, whatever, has forced me to rework the way I think in order to um, become who I am today. So it was very ironic that actually, depending on a man for a lot of things, because let's face it, no one in the history of the world has ever built an empire alone. And I was under this misconception, you know, you hear the solopreneur, you know, independent woman or whatever is ingrained into whomever it was for me. And so I thought I had to do everything on my own, can't depend on anyone. Well, you can only get so far as that one. But if you can depend on other people to fulfill their role Uh, in the part of the mission towards the big goal that you have together for your empire. If you can depend on another person, not just a man, I also depend on my family assistant slash nanny when I'm not there to take care of my kids. I depend on her. I depend on everyone to do their jobs Mm -hmm. because I can't run everything or I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to advance. Because I can't do all hats at the same time. So yes, by allowing myself to actually depend on dependable, trustworthy people has allowed me to excel and move and actually become more powerful than I was when I thought I had to do everything as this independent, nobody can, you know, it's all got to be by myself attitude. I was like, working really hard and staying in the same place. Now I work really hard, but I can actually get boosted to the upper echelons, to the heightened levels of success because I have a whole army. I have a whole team Mm. of people behind me that are elevating me and allowing me to do what I do best while they do what they do best, et cetera. So Mm. that's what I meant by that statement. And, um, it's been extremely powerful for me to allow myself to uh, be vulnerable, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And I think so many women listening right now can really relate to that. And that feeling of having to do it all and do it all and do it all. And that if you allow, if you allow yourself to rely on or depend on or, you know, receive from somebody else, it makes you quote unquote weak. When in reality, that's where you found your strength. And for anyone who's listening, who's a controlling, like I know I'm, I'm on the tendency of being a controlling woman, right? Which, what do we want to do? We want to freaking control every, every moving piece. But in reality, we can't have it all and do it all. We really want to have it all. We get to receive. So 
My question for you, Elena, is as you were on that journey of, of like flexing that muscle, like that receiving muscle and that asking and that, like that, what, what, what was that like for you? What did you really need to like, let go of? Like, I would love just some insight in that because I know it was probably felt super foreign and uncomfortable for you in the beginning when you first started to kind of lean on other people, including your husband. Yeah, that's true. Well, what I had to do was first and foremost, once I understood what my real objective was, what, what's my purpose? What's my mission? And it's changed over the years. You know, in 2008, when my husband and I pre-social media were on the verge of losing it all, which was a big eye opener. My purpose was to survive back then. My purpose was not lose everything. And that was my purpose. And that fortified us as a team. And we had to change our, what had been our normal operating basis at that time. And we had to change it in order going forward in order to not lose it all. And in order to secure our future going forward. So my purpose now is, you know, I want to fast track other people's uh, way to success. I want to turn as many people on to grants, products, and services so they understand financial literacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So the purpose now is for me to help as many people as I possibly can. It was different in 2008. In 2008, I could only help myself. I couldn't help anybody else. I was trying to survive. So mm -hmm. the purpose changes, but once you understand your purpose, whether it's a short-term or a long-term purpose at that time, then it's being able to delegate the roles, knowing who does what based on their strengths and weaknesses, and then allowing them to be the boss of that area. I found that if I get to be the boss of my area and no one gets to have the right to come in and bypass me because I'm the boss of that area, mm -hmm. then I don't have the need to be controlling over every area because normally the one department that you are boss of should give you enough uh, it should take up so much time and your attention to make that area so great that you're like, thank goodness somebody else is running the other departments. Mm. So knowing that being able to trust the other people to run their departments and not having to bypass them. But then also you get to a point in your life where you have uh, enough observation and life skills. You've been through enough to be able to, uh, understand what red flags are, what to look for you. I, I have something where I know my purpose, I know my mission, and I know my core values. Yes. So let's say my core values are um, competency, results-oriented, integrity, honesty. Okay, so those are my core core values. So I'm not going to uh, compromise my core values. Therefore, once I can start uh, being able to really look at other individuals as assets or liabilities, do they share the same core values as me? If they mm -hmm. don't, chances are down the road, we're going to have a problem. Something's going to come up that uh, doesn't fit within my core values and I have a problem. So I've learned to pick people around me that share the same core values doesn't mean they have to be my same religion or vote the same political party as me. I, that's, I don't care about any of that. I just care mm -hmm. about core values. Are you yeah. a worker? Are you, 
you know, like I said, do you have honesty, integrity, grit, willingness to, to, to be better, like all of those things. And so when you surround yourself with people who share the core values as you, it becomes less scary to relinquish control when you understand that you can then depend on yourself and be responsible for the people that you've allowed in your inner circle and delegated mm -hmm. to do these other external jobs or positions for you. So when you really have a clear sense of who you are and what you want, it becomes easier because, because you're less on guard. You know what you're looking for. You know how to read red flags. You know how to address a situation head on. You know how to handle it right away. So it makes it easier in that sense. Yeah, and you're gonna feel so much lighter and so much more fired up and in purpose because you're not being drained and diluted by doing the things that aren't even your strength in the first place. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I remember, right. I, yeah, I remember you saying that uh, in in the last episode. And so, you know, tying it back into that initial question is like ladies, there's, you know, there's this whole thing of like, we have, you know, this feminist movement right now and independent women on the rise and all these things. And it's like, we get this in our heads of, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't rely on anyone. I shouldn't depend on them. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't depend on a man, but really it's not this it's, and what, how you broke it down so beautifully is it's about knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, surrendering, releasing control where it does not make sense for you to have control <laughs> and like really trusting in others who are in alignment with your core values. I think that's so huge. And um, when, when you started, you know, practicing this with your husband, with the, the team that you've cultivated, um, what would you say is the hardest part that you've really needed to, I know you mentioned grit, like have grit around, right? Is like, oh, this person doesn't match my core values maybe, or what was like, a, what's been challenging for you in that process that you could share with the listeners? You mean the, the process with uh, discovering that people close to me don't have the core values? Yeah. So as well, well, it's, as you're letting go of control and you're starting to kind of delegate or like release certain parts of, of what you've been, you know, trying to do all yourself, what is like a challenge that you came up against? And I gave an example of like, you know, say somebody wasn't part of your core values. Like, how did you deal with that? You know, what's like a challenge that you faced? Yeah. I think yeah. that was one of the, the most difficult things was, you know, I've always kind of just been also under the love everyone. Um, don't be judgmental. Like it's who cares what they do in their life as long as they're, you know, not doing it directly with me. But that is a level of naivete because I have just run into the problems with that. So the, the hardest part is to recognize that there are people that are close to you, that have smiled to you, that have pretended to be your friend. And actually you find out their intentions are not for your best interest and actually to maybe even destroy you. And that's, that, that was the hardest thing for me to confront was that the people that I've trusted the most and let in the most have backstabbed me the most. Mm. And it's happened time and time again. So I've had to look at 
well, what did I do? What red flags did I ignore? Well, did you ignore that? Hey, I, I personally don't like drug usage in my space. I've been around drugs. I've done copious amounts of drugs in my past. I'm not trying to say I'm Mother Teresa again, not trying to judge, but I understand that you make bad decisions when you're under the influence, accidents happen, lies, betrayals, whatnot. It comes with a whole world of stuff. So why would I want somebody who's a recreational drug user around my husband? Or let's say that person is having an affair on their husband or their wife or you know, their boyfriend or their girlfriend. So now they're in their head and like society makes it okay. And I don't know what the statistic is. It's a large number of people that cheat on their, their loved ones. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why would I let somebody into my inner circle that believes in that or thinks that that, that's okay? And then let's say my husband and I, who have built this incredible empire, and it can go both ways, by the way, it could be me. Uh, you know, be out one night fighting with Grant, you know, we've been married 16 years, we've been together 17 and a half years. It's not all lovey dovey 24 seven. It's not honeymoon phase. There's times when I don't like the guy, but he can count on me to do my job to fulfill my role in the relationship. And he can trust that no matter how I feel, whether we have a bad day, good day, I'm going to keep my integrity and I'm not going to do something stupid. Now mm -hmm. you take a bad day, you take, you know, then you add, okay, let's get under the influence of anything, any sort of drug or excess alcohol. And then all of a sudden there's a cute guy or girl at the bar who's like, thinks you're the best thing since you know, slice bread and your husband who you're fighting with, who you've been married to or your wife for 16 years, doesn't look at you like, ah, you know, you can understand if you're not around the right people, you could maybe surrender to a temptation that could then lead to the destruction of a beautifully created empire. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, the, the more valuable the empire, the more it will need to be protected because there will be people out there who are either attracted to power, they want what you have, they want to take you down because they don't like what you have, who knows what all the reasons are. So, you know, I need to put in place around me the people that I can trust where if Grant's not with me or I'm not with Grant, I need girlfriends that if I were to get drunk in a bar and think some guy is hot, they would be like, you know what, it's time to go. You, you know, you've had one too many drinks and in which case I would have to confess to my husband and say, hey, sorry, I disrespected you. I flirted with some guy, whatever. I don't want those problems. You understand? Yeah, it's not problems. worth it. Mm -hmm. and, and I would want a person to be around Grant who would be like, psh, 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 are you nuts? Like, how could you even think of like having a stupid night with that chick when mm. you've got Elena? And that's who I want around him. Like people yeah. who have the mission and the purpose to see our empire thrive and win, not only because they like us and care about us, but they also understand that it's mutual. And the better that we do, the better that they do, because we're a team and we work together and yeah. we work better together and it, and pro survival choices are better for everyone. So that was the hardest thing is to recognize that there are some people who don't have your best interest in mind and don't care whether you, your relationship ends or, or whatever, or you can take it in any way. 
Yeah. Just infidelity. It's, you know, it's a, it's a person that I have around me that maybe wants to pit my kids against me so that they can be the cool one with my kid. I mean, it it goes on all different kinds of levels. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love what you said about like immediately you said, okay, if someone, let's say someone, you know, does you wrong, quote unquote, right. And betrays you or backstabs you. I love that immediately you went to, all right, what red flags was I not willing to see? You know, what, what, what can I learn from this? Because so many of us, it's so easy. I mean, come on. It's so easy when something like that happens to play the victim card. Woe is me and being your victim. But that's what you just said is so important. And I don't want to overlook that. That's why I'm, I'm like emphasizing this is you went right into responsibility. Like how, because listen, if we don't do that, we're going to create feedback loops. <laughs> like that's exactly over and right. over same situation, new person, same. Exactly. Same Exactly. And that's what, what was happening to me until I was able to take a good, honest look and be real with myself. And I say, you know what, the out points, when you look back in hindsight, they were all there. Excessive drinking, cheating, whatever it might be, you know, not paying taxes, whatever it is. It's like, ah, you think, ah, that's no big deal. Well, if they're not doing there, there's other little areas that are like sneaky and whatever. I just, I just want clean, you know, I'm not perfect. And, you know, you know, I never claim to be, but at least I have the courage to clean myself up and correct the wrongnesses and make it go right. And, and that's, that's all I ask of the people around me as well, too. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And I really want to encourage listeners to take action on this, like right away, right out, like really get crystal clear on your values. Like what Elena said, I have that written out in my journal. I have it on my phone. So your core values, what are those? And also like, what are you for? What are you not for? Like if you're against, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're against, like if, if cheating, you mentioned cheating, have an affair, cheating, infidelities. If that is a hard no for you, if you're like, uh-uh, that is, I'm so against that. But yet you have someone in your circle who, you know, is doing that or has done that. I mean, that's where you get Here's to take a hard thing. look. Here's the thing. And I do want to make this distinction. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, if I find out and I, and I, and I talk to the person and I tried to say, Hey, you know, like, is this what you want your empire to look like? The King, the queen, they cheat on everybody. Everybody cheats. Families are broken. Kids, you know, there's a lot of ramifications. Let's have a talk about it. You know, how do you want to handle this? Do you want, you know, maybe if it's appropriate, if not, maybe I just create a little distance, but I'm talking about my immediate circle who I let around myself and the kids and whatnot. Now, I just want to clarify this. It doesn't mean if I find that out about everyone that they get axed from my life. Like, no, of course. I mean, we have staff, I think 500 employees, not just at Cardone Enterprises, but, you know, with the apartments and everything else. I'm not going into everyone's background trying to be the, you know, the ethical God here. But like, for instance, I have some friends who are amazing and they're assets to me in other ways, like maybe security. They understand things. I can depend on them. They'll have my back. They can educate me this, this, this. Let's say that person I find out cheats on their wife or whatever. And, and that little circle of guys, they, they party too much and this and that. That's fine. I understand that. It doesn't mean I have to be disconnected with them. At the same time, it doesn't mean I'm going to let them have access to grant. 
Yeah. You understand yep. the difference? Yep. Like, totally. I, I understand the royal court and who is where. And look, I'll exchange with those guys as well. Like, you know, I'll have their back. I'll defend them. I'll whatever. But at, at the same time, they're not they're not going to gain access to Grant because I'm the gatekeeper of you know, in my role in the family, I protect who's, who's around the family, who's, and, 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 and it's just me. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So, yeah, no, that, that's, you know, so it'll get blocked without them even knowing it's just they're They just, they, they won't have the opportunity. It's not like I have to say, well, I'm not letting you around Grant because you cheat on, it's just, no, <laughs> it's just, it's just not going to come up. Yes. Yes. So I love that distinction. It's your inner circle. It's those people that you are closest with that you're sharing intimate yes. relationships with. That's, that's right. That's where you got to really audit. I mean, yeah, of course it would be crazy to say, yeah, you have 500, you know, employees. It's like, uh, no, their personal lives, but yeah, for the people, it's like, I'm sure with. they have staff here. They smoke weed, they, yeah. whatever. I mean, you know, I'm, I, it's not my job to go, no, you cannot. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sam, like they're ass there. There are people here that are assets to me. They, they, they do their job. They do mm -hmm. it well, you know, like, mm -hmm. okay, that's great. Like, yeah, it's a really, that's a really powerful distinction. And I actually, I've gotten this question, you know, um, so, so many times from my audience. So I'm happy we're talking about this because it is a very um, powerful distinction of people who you're letting in personally in your inner circle versus, yeah, you may have people that you work with. You may have people in, you know, acquaintances, whatever. Um, but it's really protecting. And I love that you said that that's your role, you know, that you're protecting the kingdom and that you're the gatekeeper. Um, I, I would love to kind of also um, kind of dive into that piece. I know you mentioned it in the beginning as well is, and we're going to shift gears just a little bit here is those roles. So, you know, we talked about weaknesses, strengths, relinquishing control. How does one go about, I mean, you can even share how you and Grant did it as a, as an example, identifying and defining those core roles. I'm sure there's like random ones that pop up, but like right. those core roles. Right. Well, for us, and it is more traditional, um, but it was very obvious. Grant's very good with money, with numbers. I am horrible at math. I mean, it's like glaring, obvious you know, I count on my fingers. It's, it's that bad. And <laughs> <Me too. laughs> my husband would rival anyone with business and how successful he was. I don't even care if you're male, female, whomever. I mean, he, it's just that, I mean, he's a genius in that area. So, so it was obvious you are going to run the businesses. You're going to make the executive decisions. I will support you. I'll be a sounding board. But at the end of the day, I'm, so, I'm supporting your decision. When, when I'm here at the office, I am his wife. I, I do expect people to respect me. Mm -hmm. I don't walk around here like I'm Queen Sheba. Um, but I also realize um, that even though we're equal in marriage, we're not equal in the business. I mean, he is my senior in this department and, 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 and I don't, my ego is not so involved that it's like, Oh, I know as much as Grant knows. I mean, it's, it's insane. It I would be literally insane to think that. Um, so it was quite clear and quite obvious. I'm the socialite. I, I can put on and create events and create family time and, and so it was just a natural look. I run the family. I'm very fierce and protective. I shoot guns. I do MMA. Not that I'm saying I'm great at any of it. It's just, I have a very protective 
you know, they call me paranoid and that's just innately in me. It's a strength. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so that's just kind of my role. Like I yeah. am really good behind the scenes and running the family and making those decisions and creating that type of environment. So I'm the chief family officer. I, I'm the CEO oh, I love that. of the home. And, and then there's the other little departments on the side here and there, but again, he can't bypass me in my role. So at least I don't feel like he's the boss of the business and then he's the boss at home and I'm just some subservient woman who he gets to be the boss of everything. You yeah. know, I run the home, I run our social calendar, I run the people who are directly in our lives, where our vacations are gonna be, where we stay, what we do, what mm. the kids go to school, if they eat sugar that day. I mean, I make all those decisions. So yeah. It was just easy because it was like glaringly you know, I'm the loving, I'm the create a beautiful environment and make it look so easy and flawless. And that's, those are just my gifts. They're just natural to me. Well, he, here's the thing though, that's important to realize is like, yeah, it's it, what's cool is you're at that point and you were at that point where you realize this is glaringly obvious. There are some listeners who aren't willing to to look at the obvious, <laughs> you know, right. I know that that was me. Right. So, yes. so it's, it's having that willingness to accept that like, Hey, I'm not good at this stuff. It doesn't feel good when I do it and I ain't good at it. Okay. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. That means there's actually, you get to focus on what's right with you, with your strengths and like really being able to own your gifts. So I, that's what I heard you say is like, you really are like, Hey, it's glaringly obvious that I'm not good at finances, which by the way, I'm the same. And it's also glaringly obvious that I'm this socialite. I love planning events. Da, da, da. So you're very clear um, in these, um, in your gifts and in the things that's like, meh, that's not, that, that's not something that I love to do. And it's also something I'm not good at. So like being willing to accept those parts of you. Another thing that I heard you say that was really key that I think every woman should write down is being equal in marriage, you're equal in marriage, but you're not equal in roles. So like, like there's different, you're, you're always equal in marriage. I think that's so powerful that you said that, but it's like, but we're not equal in, in our strengths and our weaknesses. There's going to be right. places where you complement each other. And so to just know that, um, you know, when you're actually willing to relinquish control in one area, you're actually going to have more power um, in another area. So there's like that kind of contrast. And I love that you put that, you put that so beautifully. And I kind of just wanted to unpack that for the listeners, because I think that as women who are, you know, running powerful businesses who are in those CEO positions or who are, you know, very like in their masculine a lot, it's really important to really, um, step into your, you know, feminine as well when you're not freaking, you know, we're in our, I'm in my masculine a lot during the day. Cause I'm running my business, you know, and like being able to relinquish control feels good with my man. Like it feels good to like, oh, okay, you've got this and I've got this. And then yeah, you get rid of that power struggle. That's right. Well, here's, here's what I learned is that when we were having the power struggle against each other, we were not advancing. We were working really hard and we were staying the same. When we finally figured out who does what in the roles of our relationship and really allowed the person to run that division is when we started to work in a coordinated, collaborated effort mm. toward heightened levels of success. That's what I'm interested in my marriage. Otherwise I would be single. 
I can get to where I can get to alone. There's no question about it. Grant could achieve his level of success alone. Like I have zero doubt he was successful before me. He was going to be successful without me. But the heightened level of success that Grant has experienced, the heightened level of success that I have experienced, that came from him helping me and me helping him because our attention is aligned toward the big goal and the big picture of ourselves as a couple's goal, mm -hmm. like what we want. And when you're going for the common goal, it's easier to work in a coordinated, collaborated effort where you can find the one you trust and build an empire because you know you're working together and, that, and you understand that the more that you're attacking and fighting each other, the more you're setting yourself back from achieving your target. And I'm interested in the heightened level. I'm interested in upper echelons. And so is he. So it makes it easier to not get into the nitty gritty of what I call the, the, the one-offs. It's the offensives, uh, uh, offenses that are only going to repeat themselves the yes. one time. Most of the time, I don't address those. Like, it's just, okay, we're moving the ball down the field. I want to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to harp on game three when I have a Super Bowl I'm trying to win. So mm -hmm. it helps in so many areas to let certain things slide or figure out, hey, how can we work better together to move forward, like in a coordinated, collaborated effort so the both of us can achieve heightened levels of success. Because if we're not achieving heightened levels of success, for me personally, I'm not interested in the relationship. I can do me. I've done me. The yeah. only reason for my partner, whether you're with someone in a, a non-platonic way or not, ultimately should be, no matter who it's with, so that y'all can help each other reach those heightened levels of success. Otherwise, yeah. don't be a burden on me. I, I, I know what I can do on my own. I'm, I'm only interested in that together. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so you're, you're bringing it back to that vision, bringing it back to that vision is so huge. And you and Grant have created a vision together. You really have. And what you talked about really to me just now, what you were describing is true union, you know, it's right. true union. And, um, another, like another analogy that I I've been using this a lot recently is like, yeah, sister, you can do it on your own. You can get there on your own. We, we're not saying that you can't. We, we are right. not saying that. You most certainly can. However, let's compare it to- It might take you longer. Yeah, like, yeah. You might not go as high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the comparison that I love, and I think that you'll love this too, is like, say I'm in California. I want to get to Japan, okay? My vision is to get to Japan. I could take a rowboat. And I could roll my ass to Japan, okay? Eventually, I'm going to get there, all right? Eventually, I'll get there. That's right. Or I could take the jet plane, That's right? right? So what, what Elena and I are saying is take the effing jet plane, okay? Don't, because that, that's, it, it's Look, much more efficient. It's, it's faster. Right. It's strength in numbers. It's strength yes. in numbers. Two is always going to be stronger than one. You know, uh, four is going to be stronger than, than one, like your team, your people, the expansion, the growth. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and certainly if I'm giving a hundred percent and I'm a very powerful person and Grant gives a hundred percent and he's an extremely powerful person. If we're each giving a hundred percent behind one another, that 200% is a, a hundred percent more 
<laughs> then the person given 50 and 50 in the relationships puttering along, pu- 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 you know, Ooh, it's like love you, that. You stand a chance against us. Like we, you know, we're just going to be like, Shh, and you're going to be like, well, I want what they have and they make it look so easy and they don't deserve to have everything that they have because the, everything comes so easy to them. No, it's because we work in a coordinated, collaborated effort with a clear focus. We gave sacrifices. We made tough decisions. We had to be strong enough to cut certain people out of our lives and go reach for the people that can that can help us reach heightened levels and cultivate relationships. And there were so many right decisions and so many right decisions by avoiding being with bad decisions that got us to where we are today. And anyone can have it as long as you are willing to make a little, a couple little tweaks and um, have the commitment to doing so. Yes, 100% relentless commitment. I've heard you talk many times about, hey, look, I'm not living this. You might think I'm living a fantasy fairy tale. I'm not like there's some real stuff that's going down, you know, and it's true. Like you see the stuff you see on social media, there's stuff going on behind the scenes. There's challenges. There's like obstacles that you come up against. It happens, but it's about the press, the perseverance and the focus on the vision. So I love that pushing the ball down the field together as a team, a keyword team. Um, that's everything. So I love all of that. Um, Elena, that was so powerful. And I know the women are like, I know the women listening and men, I'm sure there's men listening to that are just loving that and um, writing a ton of notes, I'm sure. I want to um, respect the time because I know we're coming near the end. And also I have a question for you that I ask every woman who comes on this series and you can take this wherever you want to go. But I want to know what is something, Elena, that you used to hide or dim or mute about yourself personally that you feel that you have really reactivated and reignited through your journey uh, to becoming the female on fire that you are today? What did I hide? Or I, I probably, one of the biggest epiphanies that I was reminded of a few years ago actually was when I really learned how to become a friend to myself. And in my teens and in my early 20s, I was very abusive to myself. And I, I don't think people really, you know, there was no social media and people don't understand what's going on in somebody's head. But I had so many insecurities and so many confusions. And I would, you know, go escape in recreational drugs or excessive alcohol or, you know, from time to time. I was never an addict, but, you know, I'm, from New Orleans, I could throw down when I wanted to, but it was it went beyond more than just you know oh a fun or a good time or whatever. It was it was damaging to to my self confidence. It was damaging uh, long term effects. Yeah, and you know, a few years ago, I really looked at some things in my life of where I had compromised my integrity and when that I had kind of lost certain confidence in certain areas. And then I worked on rebuilding that strength and what I needed to do to now elevate myself and become the woman that I am today and accept who I was. I I don't try to hide it now. I've embraced it. And I realized, you know, through the course of all of it, I've always been an amazing friend to others 
I will tell people the truth. I will hold them accountable. I won't let them beat themselves up. I'm forgiving, uh, you know, just so great. But I would, I would never do that for myself. I constantly mm-hmm. critical and berate and hammer and be disappointed with myself to the point where I've let it make me make bad decisions, stymie or stop me altogether. Mm-hmm. And then once I really figured out how to just become a friend to myself, depend on myself, be there for myself through thick and thin, uh, understanding that I'm not perfect, forgiving myself, putting in policies in place that prevent me from doing that going forward, having the courage to straighten it out has really, you know, given me such a sense of pride in myself. And it's just made me a better person because of it. And I'm not perfect. I still bash and I'm still really hard on myself, but I don't allow it to take me to that next level to where I'm actually um, inflicting self-harm upon myself with the decisions that I make. So. Oh, that's a good one. That's such a good one. That's such an important one. I can relate to it so much, actually. Um, You know, it's when you go through those moments, I mean, like we're human after all, we, we're not aliens. We're not robots. Like we're going to mess up. It's inevitable when we do treating ourselves the way that we would treat someone that we love, like our friend, like when they're going through something, we wouldn't berate them. Oh, what's wrong with you? You ignorant. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we wouldn't do that to them, but yet we do it to ourselves. And you know, I, I do this actually just remind, I do this powerful, um, exercise in, in one of my workshops where I actually flip the script, uh, with women to actually show them what they're doing to themselves that they would never, ever do to the person I have them pick the one person they love and respect the most in their lives that they would do anything for. Mm-hmm. And, and picture them saying that what they say to themselves, to that person how they treat themselves to that person, it shatters them. Cause they're like, I would never do that, but you do that to yourself. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I, and I have a feeling that once you really got that Elena, cause I know for me, I can speak for myself when I got that becoming my own best friend, this has been like a huge thing for me. So it's crazy that you brought this up. So accepting myself, becoming my own best friend, being my own reassurance, being my own compassionate, um, listening ear. When I was able to be that for myself, the quality of people that started showing up and being in my life. I, that's when I have my right now, Gerard, you know, my, my King, he is a reflection of how I've evolved with my own self-treatment. You know what I'm saying? And so I have a feeling that you probably experienced the same thing, a reflection outward in your life and your circle and your people. Exactly. And the more that you then can trust yourself, depend on yourself, admire yourself, the more you realize, you know what, I can then also have other people, like you just said, around me the same way. So that in itself makes it easier to um, be willing to cut off the people that treat you demeaning and disparagingly, like over a long period of time, like over a trend, you know, certainly one time where you're like, oh my God, you know, you would never just cut somebody out. You have a communication with them. But you know, it's, it's truly interesting when you do elevate your own game that now you won't be 
willing to allow it in your space like you were in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll start like it's like you have this beautiful garden and the weeds like the weeds just start coming out because you're actually cultivating and putting nurturing energy into your own garden um, versus before ignoring it, not looking at it. You have weeds growing all over the place. That's right. Um, oh, the weed has yeah. a right to be there. Yeah. <laughs> We should all share the same space. This is earth and who am I? Okay, so they're killing my beautiful roses that I imported from blah, 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 that make everyone happy, that smell beautiful. But the weeds have a right to be there too. And so do those awful, nasty bugs that eat the, the kill, you know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, good. Oh my gosh. So good. I love it. I love it. That's a really great, uh, that's a really great, um, powerful ending. So I'm happy I asked you that question because, um, I know if it resonated for me that hard, I know, uh, listeners are also, nodding their heads and feeling that too. So thank you for sharing that so vulnerably and openly and honestly, Elena. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I vibe with you so much. I love you, your mission, what you're up to, what you're creating. And so speaking of which, um, we will drop in the show notes, all the things, because I, of course I have your Instagram and those things. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners today? Um, I know your book, I think we still have that link, but if you oh, want to yes. share that one more time, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually free right now. You pay the shipping, but I'll send you the book. If you go to elenacardone.com forward slash empire, I'll send you the book today. Amazing, so generous, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, you know, just the just the parting words, I suppose, would be, you know, if you think you can build an empire, then you can and you must the world is ready for your greatness. Stop being so greedy and withholding it from the people like me that could benefit from your greatness, your products, your services, and mm. really just go out there and be willing to take responsibility for who you are, what you stand for, and um, put yourself out there to make a difference for the better because you can do it. And because you can, again, you should. And the world awaits you and your greatness. Certainly I do. Can't wait to meet you all. And thank you again, Ashley, for having me on your show. Uh, Thank you so much, Elena. You're amazing. If this episode spoke to you, and especially if you are a driven, ambitious woman who is ready to dive deep so you can rise up to the next level and become truly unstoppable against any and all obstacles in your way, go to femaleonfire.net now. It is time to reignite that spark inside of you so you can radiate it out. Those parts of you that have been lying dormant, that you've been hiding, muting, shaming, it's time to reignite that flame inside of you so you are lit up from the inside out, irresistible, magnetic, in command of every room and every situation, and no one ever, ever forgets your name. Go to www.femaleonfire.net. That's femaleonfire.net or click the link in the show notes to learn more. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram that says FOF for Female on Fire now. And as always, thank you so much for listening and especially for rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. You're amazing. I love you. Have a powerful day.